Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, bold move makers and those ready to come out of the closets for your life. It is me, Rick Clemens, host of Life Uncloseted, and we are back for another episode. And I just wonder if any of you have ever been like really riding high on life. Everything is going great. You're making great strides, success is flowing, everything is good, and then bam, slam, suddenly everything goes to shit. Well, sometimes those are the closets that we've got to come out of is when everything comes to a halt and you realize this isn't what you're meant to be doing and something else is waiting for you around the bend, but you don't even have any idea what that's all about. And today my guest, Eric Bergman, is... Coming to us from way across the world from where I am, he is in Malta, and we are just really excited to have him here because he's going to take us on a little bit of a journey of what it means to be riding high and then going to your lowest low, and then finding something that you least expected to take you forward. So Eric, I'm really excited to have you here, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Rick. I'm a bit nervous with all of that build-up and presentation. I feel like, cool, now we're going to do this. you got to live up to it, man. you got to go to the roller coaster. I'll right, bring, right, right. bring so, my best game. That's okay. We just talk here. As everybody knows who listens to it, we just have a really good conversation. But we were introduced by a mutual friend. And suddenly, as I started delving into your story, I thought, this is actually very good for Life Uncloseted because it is about going to those spaces where you're like, I don't know things are good. And then suddenly everything goes haywire. So let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit about your background, Eric. Okay. So my, my background, I'm from Sweden. I'm 31 and I've basically been running businesses my entire life. That was my kind of path to progress. I started out my childhood as a pretty lonely child, didn't really figure out friendships. And then I started in this rich school as a teenager and suddenly money became everything for me it's like okay how can i fit in and i managed to somehow get friends with the richest kids in my school Mm -hmm. and yeah i did everything i could to kind of hold on to them and money became a very important part of my my life early on i started businesses early on to try and figure out okay how can i earn a living how can i show them that I'm good enough because I came from a very normal background, very, mm-hmm. very regular Swedish family and both good and bad. And yeah, as a teenager, I started making companies and that got all of my attention. I've been doing online marketing mainly. So this started out as really, as most of us, we do something a lot of times just to try to fit in, to be accepted, to do that thing that makes us feel more comfortable and secure in our life. But then it actually started to take off. You start like literally making good, good money, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it started out of a mix of the passion of just building things. That was definitely a big part of it, mm-hmm. but also a big drive to, to fit in and kind of buy love or whatever you want to call it. And it went tremendously well. 
so that company grew way out of hand and in financial terms it went uh, amazingly well and from a personal perspective i felt yeah, i think the less the less glamorous side of building a business when you're young you re we read about the silicon valley story and all of these sure. things people it's just skyrocketing and we usually just look at it as this rocket going straight through the sky. What we don't see, or at least what I experienced, was that as a founder of a business like that, you're just trying to hold on to this rocket as desperately as you can. And if you're yep. falling, well, then you're falling to the ground. And that was my experience. We had investors in this. We had we did an IPO. So we took the company to the stock exchange. And I was just desperately trying to hold on to this this rocket and that became my entire identity. But don't you think that's what happens with so many people who are in business? They, they start out and then suddenly the business becomes a desperation and then they yeah. don't know how to, they don't know how to handle it because here we are, we're holding on, we're holding on, we're holding on, but maybe what we need to do is let go because it's yeah. just not the right thing for us. It's not the right thing for where we are in life. It's not the right thing for our life. And yet our ego and our pride get in the way and we end up doing a lot of damage to ourselves versus going and doing the thing we're meant to do. And yeah, is that part totally of what you experienced? Totally relate to that. So basically yeah. I put all my, I put ego and my identity into building this business as big as possible and as fast as possible in a way that it wasn't healthy. And one of the things that I hear frequently from people around me is that we take pride in how hard we work. Right. And like I was bragging about the hours I was putting in. I was bragging about not sleeping and looking back, I can say what a dumb fucking kid I was doing yeah. that, that the place I was in. And the growth of the business became so, so important to me. And I had pressure coming on from outside, but I think most of the pressure I put on myself because I wanted to live up to this identity of a business hero or whatever. And just right. as you say, the healthiest thing would probably be to just let go, but the ego were just holding on to something. And I, I know so many people do this. I mean, I've seen myself do this in my own business where I hold on to something and then I'm like, wait, if I let that piece go, which is, which is a coming out story in itself to like, okay, I'm going to let this go because this doesn't work, but it's so hard to let those things go that oftentimes once that one piece, and it doesn't mean you have to let the whole entire business go, but it may be one piece in the business, let it go, then everything else starts to work or you start to see clearly where else you should be doing something. And I think this is where many entrepreneurs miss it is they try to do all these different things when really they need to let a few of those things go and do the one thing that really works. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, so we're living in a, in a culture where money is the most prevalent religion. We mm -hmm. all believe in the religion of money, I would say. And as an entrepreneur more than anyone else, and as a successful entrepreneur, you probably believe in it very much because that's one of the things that, got you to where you are. Yep. And what we miss in that equation is that, yeah, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have any, any time, then you're yep. still screwed. And yep. I think that's a big part of this puzzle where 
I got into a situation where I couldn't, I could barely sleep at night because I was so much in stress. I had a bottle of whiskey next to my bed so I could actually fall asleep. And nothing in my life went about enjoying the ride. Everything went into taking the responsibility of doing this, this journey. And, and when you're in that space, and I'm sure now you can look back on that, but when you're in that space where there's no sleep, there's stress, and all you can do is lay there awake at night, what, what's so interesting is, and I've been there myself, is you can't get anything done because then you become so exhausted and you're pushing yourself and it's like, wait, the two, you're, you're, the counteraction between these two places is just killing anything you try to do because you're so exhausted. You wake up and like, okay, let's go, 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 go again. And suddenly you don't have the, you don't have the steam. You don't have the energy because you're constantly living in this battle of, okay, let's go. But then at night you don't turn off either and you're go, go, going. And pretty soon you just start to break down. So I'm curious, did you have any like physical, like, you know, did you go through some physical stuff? Like, did you like suddenly, I know for me, when I went through my coming out journey, I was under so much stress that I, I suddenly just, I lost like a hundred pounds because I was just, I was not eating. I, well, I wasn't eating right for sure. Um, but the stress was just like, okay, this is just killing me. It's taking it off. Da, 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 da. Did you have any physical stuff going on for you during this time? So I think the main thing with, with these kinds of things, I didn't have any like big moments of now it shifted to the worse or whatever happened. Right. So I don't think I was aware of how drained I was of energy because it's like a slow moving trend over a long period of time. And, Anything that goes slowly is impossible to kind of feel. I mean, right. you're not going to see your own your kids growing up. You're not going to see them getting bigger and bigger. But if you look at someone else's kids, they're like, whoa, what happened? Mm -hmm. So I think my kind of exhaustion came like a growing child. Like I didn't notice it from one day to another. But I can see now looking back like, whoa, I was in bad shape. I didn't have any like passion in life. There was no, nothing I really enjoyed. It was all of these things that were just pushed down. Like it was a gray fog around everything that I wanted to do. So it's not like I can pinpoint one specific thing, right. but I see how that was just prevalent everywhere. And I think a lot of people miss that piece. They, because, because it can be so prevalent everywhere. And even though mine was manifested in like a huge amount of weight loss, there was so much in every aspect of my life that was just stress, 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 stress. It was how much money do I need? What are people going to think? And interestingly enough, six years later, I went through a very similar situation where I ended up getting laid off. And then that, that's actually when I started working for myself. But in that moment that I made the decision to, okay, well, let's just see. And it wasn't like, okay, suddenly I'm going to run a business. I kind of say it was because I know now intuitively that's what it was. But at that moment, it's like, okay, I'm just going to get some consulting gigs till, till I find something new, right? But in that stress, it became the same thing as coming out of the closet. It's like, okay, I got to do this because I don't want anybody to know that I can't handle this. I don't want anybody to see that I'm not doing well. I don't want anybody to see that I'm all that stuff. And it was so interesting because that's what's led to where I am today. Of I took my coming out journey and I took that losing my job journey and I realized how similar those two things were, that that's what's brought me to this work here today, that I can work with people in many different ways 
on their own interesting coming out journeys. And even as you and I are talking, and that's why I have you here on the show, because what started to happen for you next was the beginning of you coming out to go do something completely different um, to get you in this really great place that you are now. But before we move into that, I'm curious because, and I'll Can share I just my take, take Take a shift there because I, yeah. I've never thought about this that way. And I'm, I'm, I've never had to come out of the closet. I'm a heterosexual okay. white man. So I probably have the easiest job in the world in that sense. Yeah. But something that I've been going through that I could really relate to now, and I've never thought of it as a coming out situation is that me and my fiance, we have very different uh, sex drives. Mm -hmm. which has been a big challenge for us. So I'm, especially early on in our relationship, I was very sexual. I'm still very mm -hmm. sexual, but I became very needy. And the more I was kind of needy and wanted sex of her, the less of a sex drive she had. Mm -hmm. And to be, in my world, pretty much the most humiliating thing that could happen to me, or at least that I could imagine, was yep. being with a girlfriend who didn't want to have sex with me. Mm. And that was also the most suffering kind of situation I mm. could imagine. I mean, there are definitely lots worse things that sure. in my small little world, that was it. And I chose for, so we were, we've been together for nine years now. Mm. And I chose for seven of those years to never talk with anyone about this. Wow. Not my friends, not my parents, not anyone. And it's because I was holding on to this identity of that everything is good. Mm -hmm. Or at least I want to keep that facade. Yep. And it just struck me now when you were started talking about these coming out stories, how, how I imagine that that's the same thing. You want to hold yep. up that facade, that picture, and it doesn't matter if that's, uh, well, your sexual, well, sexual preferences either way then, or how mm -hmm. you want to look at it and that amount of suffering. And it was very interesting for me to see those two, two things being connected. Well, and that's what I find so fascinating about when we get into these stories and these conversations is because oftentimes we take the conversation and it becomes that thing where, wow, there's another doorway that opens that people see something they hadn't seen before. And even whether it's you're running these great businesses and you're realizing you're run, 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 running, and suddenly you're losing steam and you have to admit, okay, I'm killing myself, which there's the door. There's the closet door opening. I'm going to let people see that this isn't good. Or I'm in a relationship where the sex is out of balance and I need to admit to this and be man enough to walk in and say, okay, I need to talk to someone about this. These are all doorways. They're all closet doors that we hide in and people suddenly see their own world through this lens. And that's why I think it's so important to continue to bring these stories out because regardless of whether you're gay, straight, bisexual, whatever, we all have closet stories. We all yeah, have something sure. we need to come out of. So, um, so I'm curious in the midst of all this, like building businesses and stuff. And I, and I love that you just shared this piece because I, I want to talk a little bit about that whole sex thing again in a minute. But when you were in the midst of this whole business thing, what was it you were enjoying the most? So basically I left the business and had no idea how to to deal with things and at this I was just lost and I started involved myself in various charity organizations and mm -hmm. charity projects yeah and got into a friend of mine he introduced me to this project in Africa and we went there to to visit mm -hmm. and it was this 
school teaching kids how to use computers in a distant village in Ghana. Mm. And I remember just coming into this schoolyard and on the right side, there's three gray buildings in concrete worn out with these steel bars with the windows and it just looked like prisons. Mm -hmm. And that was the schools. And then there was this building on the left-hand side, which was the project they had just started about teaching kids. It was this yellow, green, red splash of colors and everything. It was just an amazing feeling to see that and see the mm -hmm. difference. Um, and then we went to the class there and in the afternoon I spoke to, to Toshten, who was the founder behind this project. Mm -hmm. And he told me that the other teachers from the other school buildings, they could borrow their school building whenever they wanted for a class mm -hmm. during the And it was on one condition. It was a, in here, you never beat the kids. Wow. For me, that was, I didn't really have any words because for me, it's so obvious to don't beat kids. Right. But here that wasn't obvious. In wow. the gray buildings, the kids got beaten and you can just imagine the feeling of going to school and knowing you got to get your ass kicked. Oh. And then feeling that, okay, they have created this splash of colors here where the kids are safe, where the kids want to be. And that became a very big shift in my life, what I wanted to prioritize, where I wanted my time to be. And how I felt like, okay, I want to help the world become this splash of colors where where kids or for that matter adults or animals feel feel that feeling so that's that was the beginning of this big big journey that i'm currently on mm, that's awesome so during that time i'm curious as you start to see this happening and we all have these moments what was it you were least enjoying about your work because i think at times and i think it's important for people to hear these sort of things of okay this is the good stuff but what's something you didn't enjoy and there's always a silent What's, pause when I ask these questions. Yeah, <laughs> what I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy the identity I created for myself. Mm. I didn't enjoy trying to be a role model because mm. I had pictured like someone who's building a business, they are in the office early and they're leaving very late. And even if I didn't really believe that was the best use of my time or anyone else's time, I wanted people to see me working hard. And yeah. I hated that because it mean that I sat there when I was had low energy, didn't get anything done. And I gave myself the task of being seen. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the worst part about it when I created an identity of being the hardest working person in the room. So even if I wasn't, even I was feeling shitty, yeah. I still hold on to that vision. Think that was I like the least. It's interesting that you say that because I have been thinking about that exact thing a lot lately about my own business of okay, what is this identity I'm creating that's actually causing me more stress than more good? And the yeah. moment I open up and I talk about the reality of okay, here's what's really going on in my business, and I share that with people, I get energy back because yeah. it's like I don't need to, I don't need to live this false facade and the more I talk about it it's it's something first that gives me a release and and helps me get past some stress but then I also have found the more I talk about it in the right ways I start getting other people saying oh my god I'm so glad you said that because I'm feeling the same way yeah, and then suddenly you realize you're not the only one suddenly you start having great conversations 
And before you know it, you're either helping somebody else or they're helping you because suddenly it's like, I have some solutions now. And not that we can't find these solutions. And I think the biggest thing, especially for us guys, so ladies, you already know this, but we have a really hard time asking for help. And when we get to that point where we're not asking anybody for help on anything, it's taking our energy and our life and our stress and just compounding it so freaking much. And then we wonder why we're so miserable. It's yeah. unbelievable. What is it that's missing? It's like, yeah. It is a mistake. You know, it's interesting because um, for about the past four weeks or so, um, I've been really not sleeping well. And I know because there's some stress and there's lots of shifts going on in my business and lots of stuff going on. But I keep having these dreams where I never get anything done. I can't, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. (laughs) Whatever the dream situation is from weird stuff like being in surgery, doing surgery on somebody to stuff stuff that has nothing to do with what I do to like just getting through a game or something. And this weekend, as I was just kind of doing a little bit of work, I said, okay, these are things I'm going to get done. And I I had my list, but it's like, okay, these things I'm going to get done. And by the time I got done on Sunday evening, everything was done. (laughs) And what was interesting was on Saturday night, I slept really good. Last night, I slept really, really good. In fact, I woke up just about 20 minutes before we were ready to record this. And I thought, I didn't wake up one time. And I feel like what happened was I got stuff done on the list and it just intuitively said, okay, you're, you're back on track. And I've been dealing with like these lower back pains and all this sort of stuff. And this morning I woke up and the back pain, it's not gone, but it's definitely a lot less. And I think these are the things that if we listen a to ourselves and we let our ego get out of the way and we admit what's going on, we can be so much more successful. And so many people don't do this. Yeah, and just just sharing it as well. Because when we're holding on to this facade of, yeah, I got everything in order, I'm doing this. And every time we tell ourselves that lie or anyone else that mm-hmm. lie, it like takes a bite of ourselves. Like you're, mm-hmm. we need, but it's, if you share it, it's like, yeah, I'm struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, yeah, then it's, then it's fine to struggle. You kind of give yourself credit for struggling and being honest. But if you're not saying that to anyone, you're carrying that, giant burden on your own and just such a huge difference right right so let's kind of dive in now to where you are today because you kind of started to touch on it and I did a little slight little nod to what you were when I said you know the the great Um, (laughs) but there is something really great no pun intended that you really dove into and Eric is actually the founder of great.com and I'd like to I'm just going to let you kind of start talking about it, man, because what you're doing is amazing, and and I love it. Thank you very much, Rick. It will basically, after these realizations, like, okay, I want to do this. I want to change something. And I got involved with all these different charities, and I couldn't figure out what was my path in that or helping that. And I asked myself, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? And I realized, I really like building businesses. I really enjoy companies but I'm lacking a purpose with it and I'm lacking how it's done. So I quit my, my job there. I sold most of my shares in that business and I started great.com instead, which is going to be what we call a next generation charity project. It's going to be a company that makes money like any other business, but we're donating everything away. So it's going to be in a foundation basis, but 
right now focus everything on the environment and making sure that Brazil doesn't burn all the rainforest there is. Right. So that's where we're focusing at the moment. All our money goes to the rainforest. And we're also trying to do this from a very futuristic culture perspective where my goal is to have the team setting their own salaries. At the moment, they don't, but they will, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And we have full transparency on the salaries. So the salaries everyone have right now, you can see on the website, just Google great.com and right. salaries, you'll find them. And we're building a remote organization with people everywhere. And we're trying to keep kindness and caring as the kind of lead star for everything that we do, where before, I wanted everyone to work their asses off and make the best effort they possibly could, even if they burned out, including myself. Mm -hmm. And now I want everyone to really enjoy this journey and making something really meaningful instead. And how much do each of the team members get to like have an influence on the different things that you decide to work on and all that stuff? Is this really, is this, and I know it's not, but I'm asking the question. It's not just the Eric show, right? Everybody's got a voice in what's kind of happening here. Yeah, I think, so we're only seven people at the moment. Right. So it's quite easy to keep everyone involved. Yep. And I'd say that everyone is is very involved in, in the process. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to do is to be the one who always speaks the least, which is mm -hmm. hard or at least always the one speaking the last, which is something Simon Sinek talks a lot about, like yeah. leaders speak last. And I love that perspective because everyone really gets involved and everyone gets to have their ideas and a lot of them are a lot smarter than I am. So I'd say that everyone is, is very involved. At the end of the day, it's sure, it's my word that has the most weight because I'm the one paying the bills at the moment, mm -hmm. but they're very involved in what directions to go and when to set these targets. And I think that's the best way of doing it. So now that this beautiful organization is launched and you're doing these things, I'm going to ask the same question again. What are you most enjoying right now about what you're doing? What I'm most enjoying? Yeah. <sighs> What a much more fun question. I got a, before I got a oh, kind of feeling, oh. right. mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much enjoying conversations like this one, where I feel that I'm talking from a place of passion and happiness and inspiration. Like I'm so passionate about figuring out how to build an organization that is for the 21st century and not built for the industrial age, like most organizations. Well, I've been involved in at least a bit. So coming up with ways of involving everyone, coming up with ways of communicating internally to make sure that people feel that they're making a difference. I'm very passionate about all of those meetings and being able to talk to you about these kinds of things and all of this fun, well, fun closet doors opening up with opportunities mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Let's say that's what I'm enjoying the most right now. It's interesting that you bring up the fun closet doors because there's such a negative connotation about coming out of the closet, so to speak. And, and I get it because it is a journey. But what I've learned and what I try to help shift with this podcast and these conversations is coming out and coming out of the closet is a beautiful thing. When we open ourselves up to living our most awesome, authentic truth, that's when we begin to live. That's when we begin to experience freedom. That's when we begin to experience true fun and happiness. And I invite people who are doing the work. I don't care if you're coming out because 
of your sexuality or because you're you're mismatched in your you know your sex drives or you're you're struggling to get out of that corporate cubicle or you're sitting in the corner office going I am absolutely freaking miserable but I can't leave because you know it's paying it's more than paying the bills and da 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 da, da. I invite you to spin the doorway around and look at it from the perspective of if I open this doorway how much more fun how much more freedom how much more impact, how much more joy and happiness will I experience if I just push the door open and step through? And sometimes those doors, as we you've heard Eric talk about, can be a really challenging door. Everything from, oh my God, I'm overworking to, hey, the sex drives don't match, but I'm curious, and this is where I'm gonna kind of bring it back full circle to that whole thing about the mismatched sex drive. Once you open that doorway, and admitted that, what began to happen for you, man? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten, the first thing that happens is that starting talking about this with my friends and I was, I mean, I always wanted to be this cool macho guy and kind of expecting them to feel less of me because of this. But when I was sharing it, honestly, like I'm in this kind of pain, I'd say the same thing happened as you described before that you kind of gave strength to others and they kind of get strength to you so you kind of mm -hmm. build on each other's pain and with empathy and kind of got to grow and I found out that there was a lot of other friends of mine that struggled with the same things and it's like a very common problem actually it was something I wasn't yep. aware of and the more I've been talking about this the easier I've been feel to dealing with it myself and also the better it's actually been getting for me and and Johanna my fiance because we are not at a place where we can talk about this and how to deal with it and making progress. Right. For the first seven years, we made zero progress. And now for the last two years, we've actually taken little small steps to the right direction all the time. It's a wonderful thing to start opening that, that closet door. And I think a key thing with, that I started thinking about when you talked about these closets in general is that even if it's a very painful project to open that door, regardless of what the closet is, yep. I think it's important to think about, okay, if I don't open this door, if I sit in this closet, whatever it is for the next five years, 10 years, how much pain am I compiling together doing that? And is it really worth to take that mm -hmm. amount of pain over that long time? Or is mm -hmm. it worth to rip off the bandaid and deal with the pain right now? I'm, re I'm really glad you said that. It's almost as if you're in my mind of uh, like <laughs> when I'm working with someone because that is exactly one of the things I have them question. What will happen to you if you do not open this doorway and walk through? And it's yeah. so interesting because I recently um, started working with someone and the very first inquiry that he, he sent to me was, if I don't do this, I will end up being an alcoholic and a very unhappy person. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we know, we know where we're headed. All of us do. We intuitively know these. I mean, okay. Do we know hundred percent? No, but most of the time intuitively, we know what's going to happen to us if we don't do certain things. Yeah. And yet we continue to go down that path. And over the last month as I've been kind of, doing different things in my business, I've had to have those same conversations with myself. It's like, okay, Rick, if you don't do this, then what's going to happen? If you do do this, what do you think will happen? I don't know if some things I'm going to execute in my business are going to work, but I know that if I don't try them, then I'm going to sit in the same space. And this is the thing that I think for most of us, if we don't take the adventure of trying, 
we will cut ourselves short from the experience of truly enjoying life. For sure. But it's the trying, it's the adventure, it's the, <laughs> I use a term every once in a while that some people like really, and I'm like, yeah, I want you to enjoy the adventure of uncertainty. And they're like, that makes <laughs> no sense. I'm like, yes, it does. Because uncertainty, when you're on a roller coaster, you assume <laughs> you're gonna have fun, but you don't know for sure. And then suddenly when you crest over that first hill, you're like, okay, this is really happening now. There's no certainty, and I don't wanna be morbid, but there's no certainty that you're actually gonna enjoy that ride, but you're willing to go do that. And I think most people, if they started to look at the uncertainty of life and saw it as an adventure, they would change the way they start to look at things. If you had seen your disparate sex drives as a never ending, never solvable solution, you would have been miserable. Yeah. But when you stepped into the uncertainty of, I'm not sure what's gonna happen, but I know I need to talk about this, everything changed. In yeah. the same way with your business. When you finally realized, I can't let my ego drive this, I've got to do something different, you didn't know what was going to happen, but look at where you are today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that I think the the only time, well, the only time, what one thing that I think we can know fairly much for is that if we're suffering now doing yeah. something, yep. we will suffer tomorrow, and we will suffer a week from now, mm -hmm. and a year from now, and maybe five, ten years from now. Right. We can be quite quite certain that that's the path of suffering, mm -hmm. and if we're switching path. That could be more suffering. It could be worse, but it can also be a lot, lot better. Mm -hmm. And if it's worse, then it's usually a possibility of changing paths once again. Right. And if that's, I think the most common thing is to be in a, in a job where you're suffering. You don't enjoy it, but you're too afraid to take the leap somewhere else. Yep. And if you've been suffering at a job for the last year, two years, 10 years, you're gonna keep suffering. Right. So pretty much okay. always better, as you say, take the leap of faith. Right. Well, and the thing with the job is if you're suffering in that job, and, and as you said, Eric, you're going to keep doing that. You're only doing that for one or two reasons. Usually you need the you quote, think you need the money. And two, it's well, it's better than the alternative of not knowing. I and I'm not perfect at this, but I would much rather go experience the not knowing most of the time than to experience the knowing. Because yeah. even though the knowing it can be comfortable and, and you know, I'm not going to say 100% of the time I'm good at like, let's go experience the unknown, but it's so much better and less stressful. If you really allow yourself to step back and think about this, you're sitting there in that job that you're absolutely freaking miserable at. And you think about all the energy and the stress and the exhaustion and the sleepless nights. And then you go, okay, but what if I take the next step? Well, you don't know if there's, you know, there's some stress, but you don't know that it's the same stress as what's your experience. You don't know if there's less money or more money, but you don't know. So we're putting all these stories together based on our current experience or a past experience when the one thing that we can never know is what the future really holds. And to me, that's where the adventure is. What is the adventure beyond what we already know? Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, man. I love what you're doing. It's great.com. He's doing amazing things with his team out there in the world. And before we wrap it up here, Eric, if you were to just invite somebody to do something that 
makes them feel uncomfortable to go create their own great.com, so to speak, what would your best piece of advice be about getting past the fear or getting past your ego or anything that you feel like has helped you the most in stepping away from where you were to stepping into where you are now? Something that helped me was this analogy that a guy named Peter Sage shared with me once. And he told me to think about my life as a movie. And when I see myself in a movie, obviously in my movie, I'm the star mm. and everyone else is an extra. And that's the way everyone sees their own life and their own movies. And no one really cares what happens to the extras. And to me, that helped me realize that, yeah, people, as little as I care about the mistakes of others, which I don't, if anyone else fucks up anything, I don't really give a rat's ass. If mm. your business is failing, I mean, sure, I like you, but I'm not going to care that much. And the same yep, thing yep. goes every way. So that realization for me, like think of my life as I'm the extra in other people's movies and they're not really going to care if I'm failing has made it easier for me to kind of step out of my comfort zone and put myself at risk. And if I'm giving a speech on a stage, no one cares even 10% as much about that speech as I do. Right. And if I'm giving a shitty performance, everyone has forgotten that within an hour. No one cares more than an hour. I might care for the rest of my life. Right. But no one cares more than an hour. And I think that's the way it is with most failures. So just that analogy has really helped I me. I love, love love that analogy that's awesome man it's so such good advice to wrap this up with so uh, so i want to invite everybody to check eric's workout it is great.com i'll have all the links up on the website and go just go check him out see if you can get involved do something with his organization and um realize that you are one closet door away from stepping out into your own greatness. Thanks for being here, man. I so appreciate you. Thank you. This was amazing. Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.